The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. With $2.8 trillion on its balance sheet, Bank of America is one of the largest financial institutions in the world to sign up to an alliance to halt global warming. CEO Brian Moynihan tells us what it's all about. Give a listen. Welcome to The Exchange, a conversation with people of interest to business and financial professionals around the world. I'm Rob Cox, the editor of Reuters Breaking Views, the global financial commentary arm of Reuters, coming to you from Glasgow, Scotland. This week, I caught up with Brian Moynihan, the chief executive and chairman of Bank of America on the sidelines of the COP26 climate conference. B of A, with a $2.8 trillion balance sheet, is one of the largest banks to sign up to the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. The GFANS, as it's known, is a coalition of financial companies with some $130 trillion of assets that former Bank of England Governor Mark Carney is trying to corral into agreeing a set of principles and standards to keep global warming to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius. Brian tells me what it means to be a member of GFANS in principle and operationally for his bank. We discuss how B of A is managing its relationships with borrowers in this new paradigm where over time, lending to carbon emitters becomes more and more difficult. We also covered how to handle companies in so-called hard-to-abate industries like cement and steel, which requires a bit more nuance than, say, oil and gas producers. Finally, we talk about what it's like to be back in face-to-face conferences like this one after nearly two years of pandemic. Give a listen to my chat with Brian Moynihan. Welcome to Glasgow, Scotland. I'm here at the COP26 and I'm speaking with Bank of America's CEO and Chairman, Brian Moynihan. Good to see you, Brian. You've been here for a few days. Have you been sampling the Scottish goodies? I don't know what they are. Scotch uh, eggs. There's lots of good stuff. And, uh, <laughs> lots of good stuff. I had a lot of Scottish dinners and it's been good. But, uh, you know, I think the interesting thing here is just watching the all of the world come to the test. The private sector, the public sector, the, the private finance sector, the public private operating sector, the governments. And so, you know, the energy leading up to this is high, and I think coming out of it's going to be high, and now we just got to go do the work. Well, you've been part of uh, you, the, the GFANS coalition, yeah. as it were, the coalition of the willing yeah. uh, and the arm twisting that's been involved yeah. in that with Mark Carney. You've got $130 trillion of assets now signed up to that. What's, like, what is the plan? How does, because that's not $130 trillion of assets that go to this, it's just possibly deployable. How do yeah. you actually make that money work to try to get particularly poor countries yeah. to sort of leapfrog the hydrocarbons era. Yeah, so I think let's let's talk about, you know, we operate a big company called Bank of America and they do a great job in this area and yeah, so we have a trillion dollar commitment to finance. We have a trillion and a half for SDGs generally. It, it, we have a trillion of that as environmental. Mm-hmm. And we made that commitment which became part of the commitments the US, you know, financial services made at President Biden summit. It's in and so as part of the G fans is a architect of that. So that's a bunch of you know, work with our clients. Our clients are gonna make this transition. We're gonna finance it. We financed eighty billion last year and so the idea is that ha- that will keep scaling up and my guess is we'll do this faster because it's real business. So yeah. it's eighty billion dollars went out the door last year to our clients to help them make the transition. Some pure renewable energy companies and some core operating companies that need to borrow money to recapitalize, you know, re- reset uh, the way they do things. Well, it's really interesting because, of course, you have fo- companies that are in the fossil fuel business. Yeah. You're the, you know, one of the biggest banks in the world. How do you, how do you answer criticism and say, oh, you guys should just, a lot of people say you should just stop funding these companies. And of course, I think you use the word transition. And yeah. The idea is really, how do you get them to transition? But how do you make that delicate balance? Well, it's, so this is where the integrated system of all the different parts come together. So it has to, the, the word we use that you hear people use is a just transition. 
yeah. people can hear what the just is. Some people think it's you know, just, uh, it, 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 it's all these things. It's just rich countries to poor countries, bourbon mm -hmm. to rule. Um, it's just rich to poor uh, people in, in a country. It's just, uh, it's just to the fossil fuel companies. They employ people, they have to do it. So we have to help them make the transition. Now what we're saying though is you have to start, you have to do something. And you right. can see the market being made in those fossil fuel companies as we speak, where ones have made commitments and shareholders have endorsed them, you know, with high, uh, it's a, that's good things. And other ones are coming along and, and, and you'll see that happen. But the idea is they'll make a commitment and then society and you know, we and all of us have to make sure they go along the lines of that commitment. And people start to toll those commitments up and make a debate or we 1.7 or 1.9 or 2.2 and all that right. will happen. But the key is to get them to make that commitment because once they do that, that starts a chain of events. And it's hard for the companies in extraction or cement or these things. And that's why you hear a lot of us talking about, you know, whether it's Bill Gates and the Breakthrough Catalyst, which we're a part of, or whether it's uh, in the State of Markets Initiative, Prince Charles, that I work with, which a coalition willing, we have the oil and gas companies in there, along right. with the finance companies, along with the private equity companies, along with the renewal companies, saying, how do, you, how do we work together to make this work? Because those companies in cement or, or, or that have to make the transition. If we don't get them to transition, that's where all the emissions It's actually are. kind of interesting. You yeah. say, I mean, people focus a lot on the fossil fuels business, yeah. so yeah. extracting you know, resources, but it is these hard to abate ones, whether yeah. it's cement or concrete or steel. Right. I mean, what, what do you have to, as, as a financier to these businesses, what's, what's the right way, what's the approach? Do you say, look, we want to see your plan, we want you to benchmark it along these ways, and what happens if they don't? I guess right. that's the kind of well, well. Think about what if you were a startup news organization and you came to the bank and said, "I want to borrow some money." You'd have to. You have guys would never lend to us. Back in the early days, but, but you'd have to have a, you know you'd have to have a business plan. It's the same thing. I have to have a plan because their demand's going to shift on them, their pricing's going to shift on them, the the value of their assets. They know that. You're, you're talking to people who actually really know this stuff cold, right? right? I mean, you're you're talking. We're all talking about reserves and what they're worth and all this stuff. These guys know it. So they've got to make the transition. So it is put your plan on a table, and then we have to then hold you to it, but your shareholders, your board, you're gonna probably hold yourself to it harder than we are, but in the financing over time, we'll have to make sure they're doing it, because there is real uh, market-based revenue risk involved here. Yeah. And so everybody says, well, put it in your market portfolio today. So, well, it's not probably in the next nine quarters in the stress test, but it is over time. So as they're making that move, you know, their ability for, to get financing, their ability to have shareholder support, all the things they need to get the capital to do it. And that's that's the transition. And so, but but if, we, if people get caught in the binary, and it's not a binary, whether Mark Garner right. says or what I say it or anybody else, it's not binary. By, by the way, even if we weren't saying it, it's impossibly binary or else we wouldn't be able to run the world. So part of the justice keep these keep these economies moving because remember at the end of the day, is we all, we all say, well, you got to get the uh, developing countries to move the next thing, and they, it's absolutely right. But they got to have the power to expand, and they got to have. have well, let's talk about yeah. It is. But extremely by the way, the nuanced. rich countries have yeah. to keep making money to help do that. Well, this and is that's the, the piece. You can't destroy is, the rich company economy at the same yeah, time. Yeah, if you step back a little bit, and like you know, as someone who's covered you know M and A and financial yeah. transactions, this is like the largest financial negotiation of my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems to me that's right. one way to look at this from the outside. Like you have. It's a question of, in a sense, money. How do we, as you yeah. say, how do the rich countries fund essentially yeah. just a leapfrogging? Because right. we're saying the have-beens, we've right. been have been emitting, you know, CO two for years in the right. United States, Europe, uh, some of the industrialized world, and we're trying to say to India and China or Indonesia or right. South Africa, look, you guys shouldn't do what we did. Right. Um, but you can't. I mean, so. Is this like the biggest M&A deal you've ever worked on? Or well, like the biggest I'd say it's, a bit, it's probably the biggest strategic plan, yeah. that you, you know, in a sense that then you got to say, okay, 
if you take a steel plant and go from coal to uh, gas, that's a 50% reduction. Not sufficient for, for all time, but it's a good start. And by the way, that gas configuration is much easier to convert to hydrogen if it comes on, right? So the question and is... And that you, if it comes on, yeah, when we well, talk about green hydrogen, is one. it is still like, yeah, we know it, there, it's but conceptually. Yeah, but. It's conceptually, but there's other ways to do it too, but their money's coming at them. But, but think about, I always think about this as arcs, right? And so what's happening in the United States is the renewables come on and arc through the coal production yeah. for power, right? We've got to build these arcs. It doesn't mean you could stop anything cold, but what will happen is the arcs tip over. You'll start to see the t thing mm -hmm. tip over. In some of these countries, then, you know, you need to, you, there's a spirit of, can they just leap the landline phone to the cell phone? Yeah, that's the there, analogy. There's an, element, there's an element of this that you had to be a little bit more practical because yeah. there's a rule, there's a production element to help those economies grow, which is the steel versus powering the homes, which microgrids and stuff can actually have more applicability because right. it's a much lower drain on the energy system. So you have to question when people say you can leap to the cell phone on an industrial base that you're trying to build in these countries. Probably that's a little more work on the... Yeah on the uh, uh, rural uh, base, absolutely, you've seen those things happen. And we got to figure out both strategies. So it is, I wouldn't say it's an MDO, ADI, I'd say it's a strategic plan, right. but it's going to come through all the aggregation of all this work. And then these metrics that the World Economic Forum worked on, that now the IFRS is trying to make more official, those metrics will give everybody a benchmark because if they become part of the official accounting type of approach, every company has to deal with them. It's just right. public companies, you can go off in the private markets and do what you want. This is where this thing's changing in that they're saying the plans have to be evident, they have to be understood, so somebody can hold you to them, even if you're not a public company, if it goes that way. That's, that's kind of interesting. Now, what do, what's our job? We have thousands of middle market clients, millions of small business. We have to educate them, saying this is coming at you because if you don't have this plan and you're making, you know, you're making the wheels on that car that is supposed to be net zero that the big auto company is already committed to, you're going to lose your business. So here's what that means. Here's how to do it. And they're, and they're very sophisticated companies. They'll figure it out. And then they'll start to build the demand for the cleaner steel. Right, right, And that's right. where you... That's it's, the it's, sort of cycle. That remember, the auto place. companies at the end of the line, there's all these pieces coming at them, and yet they've committed... And everybody says, well, it's an EV car. That's good. You're saying, but it still takes a lot of energy to build the, the car. To, but the steel itself is being made with, you know, coal or something. But I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Rich Lester and Boston Consulting Group did a study that said... It's about five hundred dollars to make the construction of a car net, uh, right. net zero, on a okay. price of a thirty odd thousand dollar car. Yeah. But the problem, a third of that or half of that's yeah. in the steel. I forget the exact numbers. But that's the question: Can you, can you, if you get the steel industry? So if I took, what I've in my mind, part of that strategic plan is to, is to help steel get off, figure out thing answers fast, at lower it because it's big and you lower it a little bit it helps, as opposed yeah. to working on some micro piece that we can get exactly right. It doesn't work. And that, that's what Bill wrote in his book and stuff. And so it, I'm not the scientist figuring out. I just listen. You say that it makes intuitive sense. Right, if we right, get right. that, if we get that three hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars in that car difference out of the steel, then you've changed the nature of it because the rest of the stuff's relative. Right, relative. And I guess in the just transition part, you can't just send the five hundred off to the customer, well, consumer. I mean, my, some of it. My point is, my point is, you can you can actually have the incentives go there right. from the governmental side, and you're actually going right to where you want it. Right. And that goes back to your question: Is the best way to get some of these people to convert in these developed countries is just to pay them to convert it. Right. And, and, and then say, and so you'll have energy you want, you just won't do it, you'll do it a different way. That is a consolidation of resources that is different because now they get sprayed a lot of places and say, let's take them all and do the hardest part. 
Now, when you look at country, it's sort of a country by country deal, isn't it? Though, it's sort of you see the, the deal that they did with yeah. South Africa. Now yeah. you want to sort of bring yeah. Vietnam, and you and it seems like the idea is to do these deals and make them yeah. almost not templates, but but platforms yeah. that can be then blueprinted, and then you ultimately bring them to Prime Minister Modi well, or Xi Jinping and say, "Can you bring it something under 2070 to yeah, that, that, net zero? That's all in the political process. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the private sector. It's, it, it, you know, we do a tremendous amount of financing for renewables in India already, and so do our colleague companies. You know? sure. So it's just happening on the private market side because the commitments that companies are making to clean energy in their usage, you know, whether it's the, uh, the big uh, data farm companies, the big you know, uh, computer farm companies, the big, you know, the big uh, the steel producers, whatever, sure. as they make it, they need that supply of power, just like we did in North Carolina. We, needed, we have, you know, we had to get our footprint down. And so we basically cut a deal. We took an offtake contract to Duke Power and they're going to build a, a big solar plant, of which we'll take a big chunk of. But it just came to the thing. We had to sit there and say, here, we'll pay for that because right. for us, $100 million across $55 billion expense to pay to neutralize that piece for our direct operations, that's worth it. But we had to get them to, we don't build plants. We had to get them to build right, the plant. Right. And so our contract provides a base they can take out. That's going to go on in the private sector all over the world. In a private sector, if you take all the expense space of every company in the world and say that's coming to the task to help in right. their purchase power, that so overwhelms any governmental uh, funding. I yeah. mean, just, just like, and then you take our balance sheets in the financial system. I'm telling you we're doing $100 billion a year. Think about that in the context of what governments have to spend. By the way, look at all the other commitments that Mark has uh, pulled yeah. together. Yeah, that's amazing. Last question. So uh, this is like the first big conference that many of us have been to. I don't know if you've been doing lots of these kinds of things. What's your, are you, do you think there's like this, you see a sense of people really excited to get back? I mean, there certainly means we yeah. have longer queues. We all have yeah. to take, uh, you know, do yeah. our tests in yeah. the morning and everything. What's your sense of like the, the conference uh, culture and business? I, I, I think, you know, absolutely. You've seen it. We did a thing with the Sustainable Markets uh, CEOs a couple weeks ago and, and, it was sort of the first time we had them go. So we built this thing all virtually. So imagine, you know, video conferences with, you know, CEOs that were asked to come and form a task force. And so they were together. The, the speed at which the cross stuff took place, meaning, oh, geez, I didn't know you were doing that. I, I, we can do that between industry groups because we'd built them by industry. That can only go on. And so and last night we had a dinner with the GFAN CEOs and the amount of energy in the room and stuff. It, so I think people forget, people forget that kind of energy level can come to these things. Now, the reality is we still have to win a war on this virus. Mm. The number one priority for the world for the next you know, several months, and hopefully it's months, not several years, and it shouldn't be, is to continue to get the vaccines done. And marvelous science executed at a pace you can't believe. We just got to get it out because the more we make that certain, yeah. you can get back to normal. And our country in the United States is at one level, Europe's another level. Other countries are coming on, but we just have to get this done because that war on the virus is a risk to recession, the risk to Fed, uh, uh, central bank mistakes, everything that comes with the variability in that war. And you know, good news is uh, we're making it in the knock on wood. Nothing comes yeah. up to stop it. All right. Well, thanks, Brian. Good luck with the rest yeah. of the conference. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by Katrina Hamlin in Hong Kong. If you haven't already done so, please sign up on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you go to get high-quality podcasts for The Exchange, The Views Room, and other Reuters podcasts. You can also check us out at BreakingViews.com and on Twitter at BreakingViews and at Rob1Cox. Thanks for tuning in.